Last week, we learned that the Rambam Shita is that Nisuin is done by Chupah HaRu'uya Levi'ah. The way you do Nisuin is by having a Chupah, but the Chupah has to be a Chupah which could have sexual relations, Bia. The Ran, in the beginning of the Ksubos, rejected the opinion of the Rambam, but did suggest the reason for the Rambam. And we were learning that Gemara in Ksubis in the very beginning, where the Gemara said that you have 12 months after Eresin to perform the Nisuin to do Nisuin. If the Chassan stalls any longer than that, Chachamim imposed a legal sanctions. And there the Gemara goes on to say that if after 12 months there is some sort of a good reason why the Chassan cannot uh, have a Nisuin, so then we do not impose those sanctions. The Gemara's uh, excuse, one of them would be if he were ill, if she were ill, and then the Gemara says if she became Anita. So the Ran learned, inferred from that Rambam, from that Gemara, that the Rambam thought that Chupas Nida does not work. Because uh, why would she not, why would she, he, she not get married? Why wouldn't the Chassan be obligated to marry her and support her even if she were Nida? Obviously the Rambam thought that the Chuppah would not be valid. The Ran disagreed and said the Chuppah would indeed be valid, but you wouldn't force a person to undergo a Chuppat Nida. Uh, they didn't have a wedding ceremony like we have today that the caterer and uh, thousands and thousands of dollars are spent on the wedding. They had a very simple wedding. So if the girl were Nida, you could postpone the wedding a few days. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be terrible. And it would be preferred, the Ran says, because it's not so nice, it's not so romantic, it's not so beautiful. If the chuppah is the chuppah snida, so we allowed him to push it off. But and the Ran thinks that it's true that we did allow him to push it off, but the chuppah would be valid. But he thought the Rambam would say it's not valid. One of the Ran's main caches is from a Gemara that says, Yesh chuppah lefsulos. Pesulos means women who are forbidden to the chatan. What would be the case of Yesh There's a Gemara that says a Kohen cannot marry a Grusha. We know that. An Almana cannot marry a Kohen Gadol. We know that. What happens if they did get married? So Kedushin is Tophes. If a Kohen marries a Grusha, since it's only Chayve Lavin, since it's only punishable by a Lav, therefore it's um, Kedushin's Tophes. The Gemara says not only is Kedushin Tophes, but Chupa is Tophes. Now that Chupa is never legally allowed to have Bia. In the case of Nida, it's true that right now Nida is forbidden to her husband, even to her husband, and therefore there's no Heterbia. But eventually, within a few weeks maximum, there will be a Heterbia. So the Ran <coughs> said, but in the case of Psulas, there will never be Heter. <coughs> even though there will never be Heter, the Gemara Paskins, Yesh Chupa of Psulas, the Chupa does work. So if Chupa would work for a Psula, when there's never going to be a Hetabiyah, how could Kedushin work for, how could, how could Nesuin, I'm sorry, if Nesuin would work for a, for a, uh, for a Psula, so how could it be that Chupa would not work for Anida? It's true right now there's no Hetabiyah, but there will be Hetabiyah in the future. So the Ran rejected the opinion of the Rambam. The explanation that I heard to answer the Rambam is, to distinguish between chupa of anida 
and chupa of a psula. Psula is what we call chayvei lavin, a grusha to a kohen, amana to a kohen. Gadol is a psula. Now, in general, we have a sort of an equation that generally works. A woman who is, let's say, a kohen, is not allowed to marry a grusha. That woman has chayvei, is, is asra as a lav. If she's asr as a lav, therefore, kedushin is tofes. Kedushin is tofes by chavei lavin. Since this is true, if they do get married and have a child, the child is kosher. I wouldn't say the child is considered the best possible yichas in the world. He certainly would be, in the case of a Kohen, be but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking in general. A child born with, through an Easter would not be considered uh, the biggest miyuchas in the world, but uh, certainly the child's kosher and can marry. Let's say a, a man and his sister. She is chayve kares. To him, she is asr in an Easter kares. In such a case, kedushin would not work. And the child would be a mamzer. So, generally, as we said, the equation is if it's chayve kares, like a sister, then kedushin would not be valid, and the child would be a mamzer. If the child would be, if the case would be chayve lavin, then kedushin would be talface, and the vlad would be kosher. What's the din of nida? Now, nida is very unusual. Because on one hand it's a chiyuv karis, but the but kedushin is tofes benida. Our discussion today is revolving around nisuin, but everybody agrees that kedushin is tofsim. The gemara yivam is taf mem tesla with beis learns from a pasuk that kedushin is definitely tofes by by nida. That's what we paskin. Kedushin is certainly tofes. Now, if it's a chiyuv karis, why would kedushin be tofes? We just learned that chayve krisas like mothers, sisters, kedushas not tofes. The third part of the equation is the child of anida, ben nida, we paskin, that it's kosher. That's the gemara there in Yuvamistaf Memtesan Beis, that we paskin, that the child of anida, although it's chayve kares, is kosher. So now, our equation, our equation of chayve lavin, Kedushin Tolfes, child Mamzer, Chayve Kares, Kedushin Enam Tolfesim, Vlad Mamzer, doesn't work. Nida is Chayve Kares, but nevertheless, Kedushin is Tolfes, and the Vlad's Kosher. Now the question is, why is that true? Is Nida really similar to Chayve Lavin? But there's an exception. The general rule, it's like Chayve Lavin, and therefore Kedushin are Tolfes, and the Vlad is Kosher. Nevertheless, there's a stringent halacha here that the the chiyuv is kares. Or perhaps we could learn differently. That basically, nida is like every other chayvei lavin. But even though it's like a chayvei lavin, there's a special exception. I'm sorry, you could learn it's a chiyuv kares. It's really a chiyuv kares. But nevertheless, even though it's chiyuv kares, there's an exception that kedushin is Telface and the child's kosher. So which is the exception? So I heard from Rav Soloveitchik that the Rambam's opinion is that Nida is, not, is an erva. The question basically when I ask if Nida is like Chavi Lavin or it's like Chavi Krisis, the real question is Nida an erva 
or Nita not an erva. The Ramam says in a number of places that Nida is an erva. The Ramam says in, in Hilchas Yisraibiya, Perek Yud Halachadalid, in Hilchas Ishus, Perek Yud, Perek Dada Halach he just mentions Derech Agav, Nida is an exception to the law of Arayas. So when the Ram said, Kol Arayas Chutzmi Nida, he says, all the Arayas except for Nida, this is the din. So once he included in the parish of Arayas, it seems to be that it's Arayas. This is almost spelled out more clearly in the case of an Esnan. An Esnan is a gift that you give to a prostitute, you give to someone for performing sexual relations. And that Esnan, the Torah says, you're not allowed to bring to the Beis HaMikdash. You're not allowed to bring it. So the Gemara has a discussion, what is an Etnan exactly? The Ramam says an Etnan is us under certain conditions, but he says if you would give a Nida an money to have sexual relations, it's not considered an Etnan. Even though Nida is included in Arayas, since the Torah did not say Etnan is Asr Arayas, it's only in a, something that's connected more to Avodah something like that, so Habal Anida, giving her an Etnan, is not considered an Etnan. But you see from that Gemara, or better yet, from that Rambam, that Nida is definitely an Erva. The Rambam thinks Nida is an Erva. Once you say that, we would have a simple answer for the Kash of the Ran. The Ran said, if we pass in Yeshchu Sulos, by Kedushin is and the Su in Artel face by Chayve Lavin, so why do, would we say by Nida that that Kedushin is Tophase, but nevertheless, there's no Chupa for Nida, it's Chupa Shinru So the Ramam, we'd have to explain it a little, a little more delicately. The Ramam din Paskin, Chupa Shinru in general is, is, is a Nida. The Ramam Paskin, Chupa a chupa with an erva is a contradiction in terms. Chupa with chayve lavin, it's an iser, but it's not an erva. What bothers me is not the iser of chupa, the iser of biat chupa. What bothers me is chupa of an erva cannot cannot go hand in hand. It just can't work. So chupa with a nida, according to the Rambam, would not work. Nida is an erva. The Ran did not draw this distinction between Nida and Psulos. The Ran asked the question from Chayvei Lavin to Nida. So the simple explanation would be to say that the Ran disagrees with the Rambam on another point. The Ran thinks that Nida is also not an Erva. If Nida is not an Erva, then why would Kedushin and Nesuin be, not be Tophes by Nida? It Kedushin is suin is tofes by chavei lavin, so chupa is tofes by by grusha lekoin hediot amana lekoin gadol. So if that would be true, it should be true also by chupas nida. We have found Rishonim that say clearly, Rishonim who disagree with the Rambam and say clearly that nida is not an erva. The Tosfos in the beginning of Yivamis has a very interesting question. Tosfos says in the very beginning of Yavamis, that there's a principle 
כל יבמה שאין אני קורא בה בשעת נפילה יבמה יבוא עליה שוב אין לתר הלמס. The decision if a girl, a married woman, requires yibum or not, or chalitza, is dependent upon the moment that her husband passes away. If the husband da- passes away and there are children, then there's no yibum or chalitza. If at that moment there are no children, then there is yibum or chalitza. If the children, if, the, if a husband had children, a father had children, and he's married, but the children passed away, and only later did the father, the husband, die, if he died childless, then there is Yibam. The fact that he had children is not relevant. If he died without children, he has to have Yibam and Chalitza. So Tosfus asks a question in the beginning of Yivames, if you say that the critical moment is at the time of what we call Nefila, the time that the wife, as it were, falls into the hands of of the brother. So why should there be Yibum or Chalitza if the girl happens to be Nida? If the girl is Nida, the married woman, her husband died, and if she's Nida at that time, then he can't do Yibum. If he can't do Yibum, you should say, since Yibum cannot be done, it's never going to be done, and you don't need any Yibum or Chalitza at all. Interestingly enough, the Achronim in the back of uh, standard Gemara, it's like, if you look at the Maharaj Chayis in the back of the Gemara, he, he, he sort of adds to that question. He said, if that would be true at the time of the Fila, we would judge if the woman can have Yibam or not, we should abolish the whole din of Yibam at all. Because every woman whose husband dies is automatically in a state of Aninus. She's automatically in the state of uh, super mourning, it's not really mourning, it's called aninus, a super state of mourning, where she doesn't do mitzvahs at all. At this particular time, she can't do yibam. It's also to do yibam. She would not be allowed to do yibam. So if she can't do yibam, why would you, why won't you say, call yivama she'en anikar babashas nefila yivama yavol. Why won't you say, any yib- case where the woman cannot have yibam at the present time, she can never have yibam. So Tosfus answers, the answer of Tosfus is found in, in on the page in Yuvamistat Beis. But the more precise answer is given by Rabbeinu Tam. In Sefer Hayashar, Rabbeinu Tam says clearly, the din of Yuvama having to be a, an appropriate din of Yibam at the time of Nefila means if she has children at the time that her husband dies, she's an erva. She remains an erva to her brother-in-law. And you can't become ois erva. You can't become not an erva later on in, 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 in the period of time because maybe the children will, will die later. But in the case of Nida, she's not an erva. Rabbi Tam says it clearly. Nida's not an erva. At the present time, it's usher to do yibum. But it's not an erva. And the, the din of Yavama being appropriate now is only based on the fact that she's an erva. And of course, that would answer the kasha. Uh, it's usher to have uh, relations when it, with a girl who's onenes. The uh, onenes is patura for mitzvahs. But certainly she's not an erva. It would be an iser. So the Rambam's opinion is that nida is an erva. And therefore, chupa with a nida would not be telface. And according to the Ran, nida is not an erva. And chupa is telface. With Anita. Of course, if we would follow this reasoning, I'd, we should add one more point. Halacha Lemaisa, 
Let's say, uh, according to the Rambam, let's say we, we, we would be Choshish Vishitas HaRambam. Today, obviously, because of uh, practical reasons, we try very much to make sure the Kala is not Anita in order to have the wedding in an appropriate manner. But uh, occasionally, we have a situation where it doesn't work out that well. And questions do we pass like the Rambam or not? Generally, people do not pass like the Rambam. We think that Chupa She'ena Ru'ya Lebiya is valid, not like the Rambam. But theoretically, let's say a person wants to be Choshish Vishitas HaRambam. And it happens to be that on the day of the wedding, the girl is violently ill. She's in the hospital. She's in the middle of an operation. She's in a body cast or something like that. So would you say that according to the Rambam, Chupa that can't, could not possibly work? Because Chupa She'ena Ru'ya Lebiya? You would certainly say, according to what we said, no. That is a chupa ruyalabiya. Nevertheless, if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, this question is discussed that according to the Rambam, where the mitzius, the, the the physical possibility of not having bia, is not there, then according to the Rambam, they would say that is a chupa sheina ruyalabiya against the interpretation that we suggested in the name of the Rav. It seems to me that Rav Shechter has written about this in quite a few places. I think I know a lot of what I said based on the Torah that I read from him. In fact, Rav Shechter mentioned the Kasha that just happens to be a, a brilliant piece of logic and a good example of methodology in working with a Kasha and a Teretz. The Nesivas, the Beis Yaakov and Ksubis, asked the question on the Shita Sarambam that based on a number, a number of hypotheses or that we can discuss one, one, one each one individually. There is a din, the first Mishnah in Maseches Yuma, says that Kohen Gadol, we know, must be married. So they prepared another wife for him in order that if Chas Shalom, his wife should pass away, he should immediately marry another woman. And therefore the Kohen Gadol could do the Avodun Yom Kippur because V'chiper Bad Dovad Beso he has to have kapara for him and his beso. And the Gemara interprets beso zuishto. Beso means his wife. A coin gadol must be married. So, the Nesivis, the Beis Yaakov, the author of the Torah's Gitten, or many other Svarim, asked the question, how could this possibly be? On Yom Kippur, the Kohen gadol is forbidden, like all other Jews, to have Sexual relations, it's one of the Inuyim of Yom Kippur. So, on Yom Kippur would be a chupa she'ena ri'u yalabiyah, according to the Rambam. So how could we possibly think that you prepare another wife in? This kasha is predicated upon a number of hypotheses, a number of assumptions, and actually we could go through them one by one and show that we could answer this question in four or five different ways. One way would be to say, that the Mishnah does not mean that they would get married on Yom Kippur. The Mishnah means a week before Yom Kippur we prepare the Kohen Gadol and we have a wife ready for him and he could marry her any day until Erev Yom Kippur but on Yom Kippur itself he could not marry her because of this question. This uh, discussion would be based upon a Yerushalmi which says, which discusses how can you really get engaged Kedushin on Yom Kippur isn't Kedushin uh, one of the things that are forbidden by a Mishnah in Beitzah that you can't have Kedushin on Shabbos and Yantif. 
And the answer of the Yerushalmi is that the, since Kohen Gadol has to be married, it's that important that it can override the Isad Rabbanan of having Kedushin. So, one answer we could have thought that this does not apply on Yom Kippur, it only applies before Yom Kippur. That answer would be questionable according to Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi seems to think that you do the Eusin and Nesuin on Yom Kippur itself. The other question would you, you could discuss is does the Kohen Gadol really have to be married? It says, But perhaps, Beisel would include Arusaso. Any woman who's halachically engaged to the Kohen Gadol might suffice to be considered Neshashish, that he could say, Who said that he must be married? And the Kohen Gadol can do the Kiddushin on Yom Kippur, just in the Suwin he can't do. Of course, this would depend upon a Shia that we already gave. The difference between Eresen and Nesuin. I suggested that the halachic differences are rather minute in in detail, but the essence of the difference between the Eresen and Nesuin is the Eresen is Ishos Michutz Labayis, whereas Nesuin is Eresen Babayis. Eresen is a type of Ishos, but the girl will live with her parents. On the other hand, Nesuin is, is the concept of Ishos hasn't really changed, but she moved into him. So if that's true, Beso Zuishto, and there are other halachic ramifications that about Beso, but for our purposes right now, let us just say that a Kongadol preferably should be married, it seems he must be married, and it seems from Yishama he could do it in Yom Kippur. The next question we'd have to ask, is it really usher to have relations on Yom Kippur? Now of course we know that that's one of the Inuyim of Yom Kippur, the Torah did not specify what are the Inuyim. The Torah made a generic statement. And the Torah said, among other things, there's a din called Inuy. But the Torah did not delineate exactly what it meant by Inuy, which led to a big machlokas Rishonim. Some Rishonim thought, all Rishonim agreed that Achilo Shasiya, eating and drinking, is Asur on Yom Kippur. That's Asur Midaraisa. But the other Inuyim, there's a big machlokas Rishonim if it's Aser Midaraisa, or it's Aser Midrabanan, or perhaps even Aser as a third category, Misarana Kasav Lachachamim, the Torah made a blanket statement, Ta'anu, and gave the right to Chazal to interpret what they meant by it. That's a, an amazing category that we're not going to go into now, but according to the category of, of Misarana Kasav Lachachamim, or if it's Drabanan, then really, according to biblical law, you're really allowed to have Tashmish Amita on Yom Kippur, just an Isid Rabbanan. So perhaps the Isid Rabbanan would not apply to the Kohen Gadol, and therefore it wouldn't be considered a Chupa She'ena Ru'uya Libya because Midarais it is Ru'uya Libya. Even though they wouldn't uh, perhaps do it, and they wouldn't even be over the Isid at all, but it would be considered Ru'uya Libya because Midarais it is Ru'uya Libya. All this is methodological uh, an, a methodological approach to show all the different hypotheses and all the different theses upon which this ca- question was based. But of course, I mentioned the Kasha in order to answer the Teretz according to the Yisod that we gave, I, that I heard from Rav Shechter, that comes, uh, I think, from Rav Salavechik, that even if you would say that the Ramam requires a chupa ru'uya labia, it doesn't mean that you actually have to be able to have relations. It means that chupa must be legally permitted. Chupa with an erva is aser. On Yom Kippur, the woman's not an erva. A woman can't become an erva to you just because it's Yom Kippur. 
She's also to you. It's an Easter. So therefore, Chupa on Yom Kippur would be a Chupa Shabu'uya which would be the opinion of the Rambam. Now, we did say that according to the Rambam, Chupas Nida doesn't work. And the Ran quoted and argued with it. We've explained that according to the Rambam, Chupas Nida is a Chupas Erva and therefore it doesn't work. And what happens indeed if you did make a Chupas Nida? So we have a very interesting term in the Rambam. The Rambam in Hilchas Ishus Perak Yud Halacha says, a woman who enters the chuppah is called married. Even though there were no relations. That's of course if it's appropriate, if it's fitting and proper, that they could have sexual relations. But if she was a nida, even though they did go to the chuppah and he had yichud, they shouldn't have had yichud. But let's say they did have Yichud. The Rambam says, Lo gamru sadain. The Rambam says, The Nesuin, Lo gamru. And she's still in Arusa. What does he mean by Lo gamru? My person might suggest one of two things. Lo gamru Nesuin is simply a, a balabatish, a simple term. There's Erusin, and the Nesuin somehow culminate the Erusin. Ha Nesuin gomrimet Erusin, and you say here, in this particular case, since the Nesuin is not effective at all, HaNesuin lo gamru erusin, nothing happened. But one could suggest a little different interpretation of the Rambam. Lo gamru HaNesuin means it's not complete, but it is partial. Maybe there are certain laws of, of marriage that are affected by the Nesuin, but it's not complete. Very interesting possibility that Nisuin of Anida is somewhat valid, but somewhat not valid. Of course, we would have to try to delineate exactly what we mean by the parts that are valid or not valid. But this interpretation might be a clue to understand another Rambam. In Parakyud Halachavav, the Rambam says, when you get in after Erisin, you make... You say those Shevet Brachas that we say under the Chuppah without Ichut. So according to the Rambam, then you're still Arusa. The fact that you made the Brachas is irrelevant because you're, you didn't, you didn't uh, have Ichut. The Brachas do not make the marriage according to the Rambam. Ichut does. If you took the Kala into the Ichut room without Bichas Chasanim, so the Rambam says, <coughs> the marriage is valid. The Ram says, but you should not marry Anida until she goes to Mikveh. And you should not make the bracha, the Shevet brachas, until she goes to Mikveh. But then the Rambam says, Perek Yud Halach Avav, Im Avar Venaso Birech Eino If you went to the Chuppah with Anida, you shouldn't have done it according to the Rambam, but you made the brachas, then you do not make the brachas another time. Later on, according to the Rambam, you should have a real chuppah. And later, a real yichud. And when you have that real yichud, that's when they're married. Nevertheless, the Rambam said, well, if you made the brachas earlier, you're, you fulfilled your obligation, you cannot, you do not make the brachas again. The Me'iri, in the beginning of Ksubis, says he doesn't understand this Rambam at all. How could it be that you're not allowed to have chuppas nida, and the chuppas nida is not valid, but nevertheless, if you did it and made a bracha, so, it somehow works. 
if we learn the Rambam said lo so we would say <coughs> the nesuin are not really complete, but something partially is done. And now we could suggest that perhaps for the, let's say for the purpose of Yerusha, it would not work for the purpose of, of Tumaskan, it would work. Different hypotheses are suggested by different achronim to explain what Logomru Hanesuin means. But we could learn that partially it is effective. So the Rambam Shita is that Chupas Nida is not Gomer Hanesuin, but the brachas, if had been made like we do today at the wedding, when it is Chupas Nida, so, according to the Rambam, we do have, we do say the brachas. Um, if we follow the Rambam, perhaps the reason we do it is because we don't pass like the Rambam. But, if we, but according to the Rambam, those brachas will not be considered totally inappropriate because im of beirech, the bracha is good. Of course, you can't go into yichud, according to the Rambam. In general, by the way, the Sephardim who follow the opinion of the Rambam don't do yichud like the Ashkenazim. By the Ashkenazi weddings, the Eresin is done under the Chuppah, and then you go right away to the Yichud. And at that point, the Kala is really Nesua, according to all opinions. But in many Sephardi weddings, some Edotam Israach have a custom that they have Eresin, and then they straight away go to the meal, the Chatan Kala, go to the meal. They don't have Nesuin, they don't have the Yichud until after the meal. That means that the whole time of the meal, the, the Kala is really Arusa. She's not really Nesua, she's really Arusa. Uh, the Ashkenazi custom is, of course, that she's Nesua right away. For, uh, only a few minutes go by between the Eristin and Nesuin. The, Ra- the Ran, of course, disagreed with the Rambam and said Yichud is not Nesuin. So what is Nesuin? So the Ran says Nesuin is Chuppah. What we call standing under the Chuppah together, according to the Ran, that itself is Nesuin. Since the concept of Nesuin, as we explained it, is to be, to enter the house, as it were, of the chasan, any way of entering the chasan's <coughs> house, of showing that somehow you're merging into one uh, one concept of chasan vekala, so that itself would be a badekin. And if you look in Shulchan Aruch, in the laws of Nesuin, you'll find that there are many Rishonim who have suggested different variations of what Nesuin is, and in Achronim have suggested even more. There is a, an opinion that standing under the chuppah is Nesuin, there is a chuppah that walking to the yichud is nesuin. Some people are careful that the chas and kala walk hand in hand as if he's leading her into the yichud, and that is the nesuin. The extreme opinion, which is a very interesting opinion, is that when the chas goes to the badekin and covers the face of the kala with that what we call a hinuma, with a veil, that itself is nesuin. He somehow, as it were, spreads his palace over her, his garment over her, and she enters into a union with him. This opinion, of course, is a fantastic opinion because that means, in effect, we've done the Nesuin before we do the Eresim. And if that would be true, then it would almost work Lemefreya. You did a Nesuin, and later on, when you go to the Chup and you do the Eresim, so the Nesuin is Chal, sort of Lemefreya. This has uh, halachic ramifications for two things. One is chas v'shalom in the case of a tragedy. If someone dies at the uh, ceremony, there is a question at which point you continue the ceremony, which continue, in which case, if it's a re- the father of the chatan, the mother of the kala passes away, in which case, what would you, how would you proceed? If the wedding had not started yet, then the avelis would be chal. If the wedding had started already, so the 
her wedding would continue. Since, according to some opinions, Nesuin is, is Badekin, Badekin is Nesuin, that would be considered the beginning of the wedding. If that's considered the beginning of the wedding, if Chas Vashem, this tragedy would occur, you'd, con- you'd continue with the wedding. There's a whole discussion of this in the beginning of Hilchas Avelis, in the famous Shach, in the beginning of Hilchas Avelis, and there the Nodav Yehuda discusses the Badekin as well, and he points out that according to this, the chasen should actually be the one to cover the face of the kala. In some places, the mother of the kala is afraid that this klutz, this fellow who's a little clumsy, might touch this delicate veil and sort of tear it. So she wants to help him do it. So the Noda Behuda discusses who really should do it. Can you, can the, does the chasen, must he do it by himself? Could the rabbi do it? Could somebody help him? It seems uh, logical that if you hold Nesuin is the Badekin, if the Badekin is Nesuin, the Chassan should do it by himself. The other ramification would be, if you require Edim by Nesuin, we've already mentioned in our past Shiurim that Ewesin requires Edim, but it's not clear at all that Nesuin requires Edim. The Rambam doesn't have it at all. I said Rabbi Salavechik pointed this out in an article that he wrote that's printed of the Hesped to his uncle. On his uncle, he pointed out there a whole long uh, footnote to explain that Nesuin might not require Edim according to the way Reb Chaim explained the Ramam. <coughs> if Nesuin does not require Edim, so then you never need Edim, only for the Eresin you need Edim. However, the custom has become in many uh, yeshiva type of weddings, not only do they have witnesses Edim for the Nesuin, they have Edim for the Badekin as well. Many, many weddings today, they point out carefully that you should have Edim for the Badekin. Now, this seems totally irrelevant. If you say Nesuin does not require Edim, then no stage you require Edim. Even if you would say Nesuin requires Edim, you have to combine a shita to say that Nesuin is the Badekin, and Badekin requires the Edim. It seems like a very big Chumrah. It seems that Rav Salavechik himself, when he was Masada Kedushin, very often did this. Rabbi Shechter once mentioned to me, he thinks that the Rav did it, even though he really felt Nesuin doesn't require Edim. A, because it can't hurt to have the Edim. Why not? And secondly, he liked to show people that there was an opinion that, that the Badekin was the Nesuin. So to illustrate the point that the Badekin could be the Nesuin, so he, would insta- he, would, he instituted the custom of having the witnesses watch the Nesuin as well. So... Eresin and Nesuin are two steps of the marriage process. Once a person does Eresin, she's an Eishus Ish Mechutz Labayis. Nesuin is Eishus Babayis. According to Ramam, it can only be done by Yichad Aroi Lebiah. According to other Rishonim, it's almost any manner of Knisa Levesa, of showing that she comes to his house and then she's Nesuah.